What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Real talk, there's nothing more iconic than Gloria and Emilio Estefan. But I will say that we have come up with a list of a few other names that come really close, but they're always at the very top of that list. I mean, come on. Who hasn't heard, come on, shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. You'd have to be lurvin under a rock. Seriously. Gone to the most boring New Year's party or quinceañeras ever. Because if you're not familiar with their work, you've at least heard the names Gloria and Emilio. I mean, you feel the weight that they hold when it comes to pop culture, music, Latinidad, all of it. Oh, yes, you do, honey. Yes, you do. I wasn't even born in 1987. And... Um, lies. So many lies. Let me finish. I wasn't even born in 1987. And my body just can't sit still whenever I hear, Rhythm is gonna get ya. Rhythm Rhythm is is gonna gonna get get ya. Tonight. Dun, 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 dun. I love that it was gonna get ya. It's so good. And by the way, I didn't know you were such a versatile Latino jukebox. I mean, I, por favor, it's Gloria. Sé que aún me queda una oportunidad. Such a good song. And nowadays, they're both given credit for paving the way and setting the stage for Latin music. And for the next generation of Latino icons. Gloria Stefan, the queen of Latin pop, took up space when it was rarely given to Latinas. Emilio Stefan helped bring other artists up with them, stepping up as producer. Talk about a powerful duo long before there was any Queen B, Jay-Z. You know what I mean? I know. Without them, there might never have been a Ricky Martin, a Jennifer Lopez, or even a Shakira. <sighs> what a sad, sad world that would have been. <sighs> Gracias, Nito Jesus. Still, their journey wasn't easy. While there was love in their lives, they also came across a lot of loss and grief. We'll be focusing the story around Gloria's specific rise to the top, but their careers are perfectly linked. It really is a love story at heart. It's beautiful. And honestly, these days, it's starting to feel a little far-fetched to believe that some people are actually meant to be together for life. (laughs) Yet, they are living proof of it every day. Even I have to say it. Born on opposite sides of the same island, Gloria and Emilio Stefan found their way to each other, despite the odds. Their love and determination to follow a dream would change everything. 
with a revival for the critically acclaimed jukebox musical On Your Feet. Two Super Bowl halftime shows. Two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Two Presidential Medals of Freedom. A recipient of the Gershwin Prize from the Library of Congress. 26 Grammy Awards and counting. And numerous acting gigs, including the most recent and equally critically acclaimed 2022 remake of Father of the Bride. Who exactly is Gloria Estefan? How did the Estefans find their way to each other in order to rise to the top together? And what makes them iconic? I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And this is Becoming an Icon. A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture. And given the world some extra sabor. Sit back and get comfortable. Because we are going in. The only way we know how. With buenas vibras. Algunas risas. Some chisme. And a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic. The Estefans are Miami royalty. According to the Washington Post, their estimated wealth is a staggering 500 to 700 million dollars. Uh-huh. They own restaurants, hotels, a recording studio, a publishing company, tons of real estate, and like fellow icon Mark Anthony, a minority partnership in the Miami Dolphins. I mean, like that that is one of the real I means I've ever said. They are royalty, like American royalty, whatever. Latin royalty. They're Cubanos, remember? I mean, but here, they are here. Like the dolphins, come on. No. But before, how did you ever hear about Gloria Stefan? Like you for real, from the beginning? Well, my mom. I mean, I think most of my introduction to kind of some of our older icons obviously came through my parents. My dad, not such a fan, but my mom was always a really big fan of Gloria. And my grandmother was too, to be honest. You know, she's old school. And I think her music has evolved a lot, but you know, I'm a child of the eighties. So you can't talk eighties and not talk about Miami sound machine. Like I remember <laughs> dancing to that being like a little girl, <laughs> like class. I mean, I love that sound. And I think it just made the Latin sound so familiar for people for the very first time. I mean, like American people, I don't mean like other Latinos. Like we know, we know we're born with that sound in our blood, but for a lot of people, their first real introduction to quote unquote Latin music came through the Miami Sound Machine. Like, you know, those people that are like once a generation, they just have a voice. She was destined. I think for so many icons, specifically her, it was written in the stars. She was going to be this successful. She was going to be this talented. She had it from a very young age. It's funny that you say that, you know, we grew up with this. I will say I know all of her music, but I didn't know it was her. You know what I mean? Until I saw the movie The Birdcage and one of the actors, he's like the, his name is Spartacus. So he's like a drag queen, but he's not. He always had this little radio playing Gloria Stefan and he would call his speaker because Gloria was always playing. He would say, come on, Gloria, and they would redo her. <laughs> and so I kind of like then put it together. Like I know who Gloria Stefan was, but her music from like the 80s, I didn't like know the sound. You know what I mean? I think you're hitting on something that feels really familiar, probably for a lot of our listeners. And that's why this podcast exists, because you might know the music, mm -hmm. but you don't really know the icon. So let's get into it. In the 50s, the tides were changing in Cuba. 
before the revolution, it was a hub for culture. Recognizable figures would visit all the time. And I'm talking names like Ava Gardner, Frank Sinatra, Ernest Hemingway. Major. But Cuba is much more than a tourist destination for Hemingway fans looking for La Floridita. It was home to a pop culture icon. Born in Havana, Gloria Stefan found herself under a Caribbean sun soaking in the rays. And her full name, BTW, <laughs> Gloria Maria Milagrosa Fajardo Garcia. Go, girl! <laughs> wow, Azers. More specifically, she was born on September 1st, 1957. Okay, I'm channeling my inner Walter. So she's a Virgo sun, a Sagittarius moon, and a Sagittarius rising. Okay, that means she's super methodical and a quick thinker, but she can often get stressed easily. She's very much a happy-go-lucky kind of person, too, and I love her for that. I'm sure her parents love that about her as well. Gloria's family had actually traveled from Spain to Cuba. And while Estefan's maternal side participated in the island's politics at the time, her great-grandfather served as the head chef for two of Cuba's presidents. Her paternal side, well, that's where the music comes from. Her family tree included a famous flutist and a classical pianist. Mm. Her maternal grandparents, Leonardo Garcia and Consuelo Perez, both immigrated from Spain. Despite coming from different parts of their home country, fate is what brought them together in Cuba, where Emilio and Gloria met and later married. Hmm. Gloria's mother, Gloria Fajardo, was said to have a killer voice. It's all in the genes here. And <laughs> reflecting back on her mother, Gloria has said this. She sang beautifully. She was gorgeous. She looked like Liz Taylor. No matter what she was doing, she was dressed and made up to the nines. During Estefan's childhood, her mother had even received an offer to dub Shirley Temple's films in Spanish. Shut up. Mm-hmm, but she was never allowed. Okay, her father, a.k.a. Gloria's grandfather, Mr. Garcia, told Mama Gloria, no se puede, honey. So she did the next badass thing she could think of. Went on to pursue a PhD in education in Cuba. Her father, on the other hand, worked as a farmer in Cuba as well. Or that's what Gloria's mother had told her. Mm. The Jews. <laughs> in reality, Gloria's father, Jose, participated in the 1961 Bay of Pigs invasion. He was captured by his cousin. Okay, his cousin. Cousin? Mm-hmm. A member of Fidel Castro's troops and would spend the next two years incarcerated in Cuba. Okay, Gloria wasn't on the island long enough to see this happen. In 1959, Gloria was only two years old when her family fled, like many other Cubans, during the Cuban Revolution. Like many Cubans, Gloria and her family thought their time in Miami would only be temporary. In an interview with the Washington Post in 2017, she shared this. I still have my Cuban baby passport, my round-trip Pan Am ticket, in the safe. Who knew what was going to happen to us? There were so many possibilities, so many things that could unfold. Soon enough, they'd be calling Miami home. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr. And on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, 
State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time Podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic, like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time Podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. As they settled in Miami, they opened what came to be known as one of the first Cuban restaurants in the city. But the family struggled financially on top of discrimination. Gloria recalls establishments that would have signs that read, no children, no pets, no Cubans. While they were going through all of this, Gloria's dad was involved in the Bay of Pigs invasion, which left Gloria's mom to take care of her daughters on her own. Wait, no children, no pets, no Cubans. What the fuck? It's important that we share that because I don't know that people realize the discrimination that Cubans faced when they first came to Miami. I mean, you go to Miami now and it's like, oh, it's little Havana, right? Things were not like that in the 60s, even in the 70s. Okay, hold on. So I know that you did your homework and I did not because I'm not, a good, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at this. So what is the Bay of Pigs invasion? Or do you know that from history? Like, do, should, should we know this? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, you probably learned it at some point in high school history. You probably don't remember it, but it was pretty messed up. So the Bay of Pigs invasion was an invasion of Cuba in 1961 by 1,500 Cuban exiles that were opposed to Fidel Castro. And guess who financed it and directed it? Stop. Who? We did. Okay, of course. <laughs> Yeah, the U.S. government. So the reason it's called Bay of Pigs is it because the location of the invasion was the Bahia de Cochinos. Joseph, translate for us. What is that? <laughs> I know a couple of Cochinos, honey. Okay, okay, but for real, a Cochino is a pig. <laughs> exactly. Wait, who was president? This is some Nixon shit, isn't it? <laughs> it was actually John F. Kennedy. And the whole thing was so messy. They failed to raise the ransom amount demanded by Fidel Castro as reparations. So the prisoners, including Gloria's dad, were ultimately released. 
When her dad was finally released from Cuban custody, he traveled to the U.S., but the reunion was cut short. He enlisted and was shipped off to Nam in 1966. Due to exposure to Agent Orange during his time stationed in Vietnam, Jose Fajardo fell ill with multiple sclerosis. Gloria, now 11, and her sister Rebecca, now four, took care of their father once he came back while their mother worked to provide for them as a public school teacher. Young Gloria grew up as the mother figure at home whenever their mom was away. You know, kind of like the eldest child thing. Oh, don't I know that life. For real, though, many said she was a quiet, reserved, and serious kid. But it was all probably because she had to grow up so fast. When she wasn't taking care of her dad, she was studying at a Catholic school in Miami. And it was there where she learned to play the guitar, kickstarting her journey onto the music scene. But at this point, music was just a hobby. Education was the most important thing in the Fajardo Garcia household. And Gloria had her priorities straight. By 1974, she became a U.S. citizen. And by 1975, she was attending the University of Miami in Coral Gables, Florida. It was also during this time that she met Emilio Estefan. Emilio Estefan was a keyboardist for a band called the Miami Latin Boys. (laughs) I think I know them. (laughs) You know the whole band, I bet. All them boys. (laughs) He's been musically inclined since he was a little kid. It was during his formative years that he'd play the accordion to earn enough tips to support his family. Growing up, he'd go to school and work for the Bacardis in Miami. He started in the mailroom, and in return, they helped him with his education. As he got older, he'd work at Bacardi until 4 p.m. He'd change in his car, go to school at night, then change again and play the accordion at restaurants. (laughs) Pitch the accordion? Yes, Joseph. It's an important instrument. It is, it is. And when the Bacardi family became aware, they actually asked him to perform at a family function. So he gathered up a few players and they performed as a band all night. From that moment on, he was invited to perform at many private parties. And with that money, honey, he was able to help his family travel from Cuba to Miami. By 1975, Emilio's crew had become the Miami Latin Boys, and they were in demand. The guy with the accordion was in high demand. What do you personally have against accordions? Like, they feel attacked by you. (laughs) I just, listen, my grandpa played it. I love it very much, but I just can't see it it being cool. Like, he was playing it in ranchos, you know? I just can't. Again, nothing wrong with accordions, and don't be a hater against ranchos, okay? (laughs) I love my ranchos. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made 
and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time Podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Miami boys were so hot in the market and created so much buzz that they were invited to give pointers to a local church ensemble. The thing about this particular church is that Gloria was a member. When asked about Gloria singing at the time, he said she sounded really good. Okay, what in the Espiritu Santo? Just really good. Not talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before? No. She does recall something different about the encounter, though. Emilio had brought his trusty accordion. And wait, he was wearing your favorite short shorts. (laughs) The Daisy Dukes. In her words, not mine. They were, quote, very short little brown shorts that your mother made you because those look like homemade shorts for (laughs) sure. And I know later on that she actually made you those shorts. (laughs) Short shorts. Let me throw it back to the olden times. Young Emilio sounded like a little rascal. Or a hooligan, as our former icon Bruno Mars would say. But funnily enough, nothing even happened that day. I mean, hello, they were in church, okay? So Daisy Dukes. (laughs) They were in church in Daisy Dukes. Nothing happened. They met, he gave them pointers, then he left. Despite being impressed by Gloria's singing, it wasn't until they met again at a Cuban wedding at the DuPont Plaza Hotel. The Miami Latin boys were performing at a wedding. And who was a guest at this wedding? Gloria. Emilio ran into her and immediately recognized her. She remembered him too. And funny thing is that they're talking. And meanwhile, Gloria's mom be like, was that the home dude with the Daisy Dukes talking to my daughter? (laughs) But listen, still, it was all very, very polite. Then he had an idea. The band at the time didn't have a lead singer. And because of this, all of the guys just took turns singing at different events. Emilio remembered how good of a singer Gloria was, and he was like, hey, why don't you perform with us tonight? Gloria was hesitant. She had been petrified the previous time he'd seen her sing. But for some reason, she said yes. Emilio called that night a big success. It seemed as though the Miami Latin boys had finally found their lead singer. Okay, honey, let's not get carried away here. While Gloria considered it, Mama said no. 
Gloria got the opportunity to be the lead singer for the Miami Latin Boys. But her mom was like, uh, no, 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 senorita. School comes first. Hey, these Latin mommies be cramping our style. I feel you on it, but I hate to admit it. Most of the time, they're onto something. Okay, not all of the time, but like, fine, most. But Gloria was smart. She was not going to let this opportunity pass her by. And she was quick on her feet. When Emilio had seen her perform with the church ensemble, her cousin, Mercedes Mersti Navarro, had been there too. So Gloria suggested they both join the band. Look, a two-for-one special, honey. Who doesn't love that? It was that that seemed to do the trick because Gloria was allowed to join. The Miami Latin boys realized they needed a name change with Gloria and her cousin joining the band. By 1977, the Miami Sound Machine was born. On the next Becoming an Icon. Get on your feet. Get up and make it happen. The rise of the Miami Sound Machine. The wedding that officially gave us Gloria and Emilio Estefan. And the chart-topping hit that gave them global stardom. Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes, Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts.